Hi, I'm Krista. Welcome to Dumb Hot Mom. Hey, what's up, mamas? Welcome back to Dumb Hot Mom, where we celebrate where we are now and reminisce about where we were then. Today's podcast is all things Barbie. We're doing a Barbie deep dive, and I'm giving my predictions about the new Barbie movie. We're going over the soundtrack. We're going over Barbie scandal, intrigue, and of course, Barbie pop culture history. And wow, what a history Barbie has. I'm so excited to tell you all of the things that I learned. I've got a great little show for you today. So we are going to start off with some quick food news, and then we'll do Dumb and Hot Mom moments. And then we'll get into the story because there's a lot going on and I'm so excited to tell you. Okay. So first up, food news. All right, mamas, favorite summer treat. Ready? We'll say it on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Pineapple Dole Whip. Did you say that? Okay. Well, Pineapple Dole Whip is so delicious. And guess what? Disney's Dole Whip is coming to a grocery store near you. Yes, you heard me correctly. Disney has worked on the recipe, packaged it out, and is sending it to the grocery store so that we can enjoy a tasty little tart sweet treat on our summer nights. Isn't that nice of Disney? Like, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. We love it. So big news. The best news is that it has positive reviews and it's delicious. So it's fluffy. It's sweet. It's tart. It's all the things. So get ready for a fun little treat coming soon to a grocery store near you. Okay. I have to share my embarrassing moment. I, it, you know, when you like go through something embarrassing and it's, it's not, it's like the end of the world. And then like you look back and you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. That's that's kind of how this is, but I promised a listener, Audrey, if you're listening, I promised you I would share it, so I'm sharing it for you, and here's my dumb moment for the week, okay? I was going to the gym, and I was in all gym outfit, whatever, I was wearing pink tank top and a pink LA Dodgers hat because... I've been wearing that a lot lately and I was on my way to the gym and I noticed that the dessert place right next to my gym was finally open. It had been like under construction for two years. I kid you not. It was like never going to come, but it, it was open. So I was like, oh, naturally I'm going to the gym. So I need to stop at this dessert store. So I stopped and I got out and I like walk in and I walk into this little shop and it's floor to ceiling roses on like three out of four of the walls. And it's so cool. So I get out my phone and I'm starting to like take a picture, you know, do, do, do. And these two ladies who are sitting at some very cute pink plush, like sofa chairs, um, on a table, they, they start like eyeballing me. And then one of them is like, are you a blogger? Are you a blogger? And is like so excited. And I was like, oh, uh, no. No, I'm not a blogger. And she was like, oh my gosh, are you from LA? You're from LA. I know you're from LA. You're from LA. And I was like, oh, uh, no, no, not from LA. Just, just from Utah. And she like looks kind of disappointed. And she's like, asks to follow me on Instagram. So I told her my dumb hot mom and she like is so excited. And then she gets to my page and she's like, oh, 
Oh. But anyway, so she like looks me in the eyes and she's just like, I just, I just thought you were from LA. Like, you're not from LA? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And um, I said, why, why do you, why do you think that or whatever? And she just kind of looks at me. But you know me, my little ego just gets away from me. And I'm sitting here thinking, this woman thinks I'm LA. She thinks I'm fancy. She thinks I'm LA fashionable, fancy lady. And I'm like dressed so cute. Maybe that's why she thinks that I'm from LA. Anyway, so I'm just like puffing myself up all the way from the dessert place to the gym. I work out for like 20 minutes and then I'm, I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror. You guys, I was wearing an LA Dodgers hat. That's why she thought I was from LA. <laughs> like, it wasn't because I was like so fancy and cute. I was like seriously inflating my ego as I was driving to the gym thinking that I was so posh and like fancy. Mm, no, it's because I was literally wearing an LA Dodgers hat. So anyway, that's the story. I just felt super embarrassed because I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why. And that's why she looked at me funny when I <laughs> when I was like, why would you think like, oh, my gosh, that's so nice. Like, why would you ever think I was from L.A.? Because I was wearing an L.A. Dodger hat. Anyway, so that's the story. <laughs> Again, like it's one of those things you look back and you're like, OK, not as funny. Uh, anyway. Okay, my hot mom moment of the week is, I think I've talked a little bit about this before, but oh my goodness, I live for making my baby girl giggle. My husband and I will do the darndest things to get her to laugh. And we like are two little buffoons jumping around, like making weird noises and jump, bouncing off the walls, like just trying to get her to giggle. And I recently we we take like little naps together um don't come after me if that's wrong I, it's like my favorite thing in the world is a contact nap but anyway so I like hold her in my arms and I just look at her little face and she looks at mine and sometimes she'll just like start to giggle and it's just oh, it's just heaven it is heaven on earth it is so sweet so that's what I'm living for these days okay those are my uh the first one wasn't really a mom moment, but those are my moments that I wanted to share today. And without further ado, let's get in to the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie, you guys. Did you know that the Barbie movie has been in some sort of capacity being worked on for 10 years? Yeah, back in 2014 is when the first script was out and going to Amy Schumer, actually. And Amy Schumer was going to play Barbie until she dropped out in 2017. So it's gone through a lot of different people. It's gone through a lot of different writings the script has. So it's like, oh, we finally get this after almost 10 years. It's so exciting. And, you know, it was worked on for so long that Margot Robbie when she was cast, she read the script and she was like, oh, this script is so good. Too bad it's never going to see the light of day. Like even Margot Robbie did not think that this was going to happen. And it is happening. So it's so exciting. And oh, we're going to have the best girls night ever. I'm so freaking excited. So Tuesday, the 25th, we're going, right, everybody? Yes. Okay. Well, 
let's get into some facts and the soundtrack of the new Barbie movie, okay? So, for those that don't know, don't worry, I'm going to explain everything and we're going to go over it, okay? First, the singers on the soundtrack. Okay, so there have been a lot of speculations on who are the last singers and music producers on the Barbie soundtrack. So, let me tell you who they have right now, and then I'll tell you what people are thinking, like who they're guessing will be on the song, because they said more Ken, more Barbies and Kens to be announced. So, for right now, we have Dua Lipa, who plays a, a mermaid Barbie, by the way, 50-50. We have uh, Ava Max, Ice Spice, Nicki Minaj, who has kind of branded herself as Barbie, so that's great that they have her. Ryan Gosling has a song. Lizzo, DJ Khaled. Like, it's it's just going to be so great. But then at the bottom of the announcement, it says, more Barbies and Kens to be announced. And executive music producer Mark Ronson the other day, he tweeted and he said, one of the effing greatest living artists, but also has a very personal idiosyncratic tie to Barbie as well. So let's let's interpret this tweet a little bit, okay? So mm, one of the greatest living artists. Okay, when when someone says that, when someone says greatest living artists, I I feel like this is an older person. Uh what do you think? Do you think that as well? Like, I'm getting vibes that it's going to be a little bit older. Um, and then also has a very personal tie. Well, he used idiosyncratic, which is such a big word. I'm just going to skip that one and just say personal tie to Barbie. So, okay. So, I, I've seen a lot of things on TikTok. Some of I agree, I agree with, some I don't. There's been speculation like, oh, greatest living artist. It's got to be Taylor Swift. But I... I don't think it's Madam Taylor. I actually am under the impression that it is Dolly Parton. And here's why. Okay, so Dolly Parton, greatest living artist, her style, her figure, like she encapsulates like fashion and Barbie and pink and like everything so well. And also, she has an album called Backwoods Barbie. I I was doing some more digging after that. And I, I, I'm really thinking Dolly Parton. And then for the Kens, because it says more Kens and Barbies to be announced. I think Drake. Okay. There's some people talking about Drake on TikTok because he posted a picture with his fingernails painted. And they were painted pink. So people are speculating like, oh, it's going to be Drake. So... We won't know who the real singers are for another week and a day. So we'll have one more podcast episode before we find out because on the 8th, no, wait, no, just one. (gasps) Yeah, just this one because on the 18th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time, is when there's listening parties and people, the internet's going to find out and then we're going to find out. And if you want to go to a listening party, there's a listening party in Provo, Taylorsville, and Ogden. In case you're in Utah and want to go, there's 
all over the country. So if you're listening to this, I have a lot of listeners in Seattle. Hi, Seattle. Welcome. That's so nice of you. Thank you. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know where the Seattle parties are, but I'm sure there is. Um, go look it up on the Barbie movie Instagram. Um, but yeah, we're going to find out who it is. And I'm so excited. Ugh, okay. All right. Let's get into a few fun facts about the Barbie movie. And a few of these facts are going to play into our pop culture Barbie history. So it's just going to kind of weave in and out and yeah, follow along. I'm super excited. So first, the Barbie movie had a budget of $100 million. We talked about this before, but Amy Schumer was supposed to play Barbie. But Amy kind of like walked around. They had like creative differences. And uh, in the moment, it seemed a little bit um, not heated, but uh, creative differences. Yeah, creative differences. And now Amy Schumer says, you know what? That was not the script. When I was offered the script, I'm so excited for the new direction and I think Margot Robbie is going to do amazing I can't wait to see the film so it seems like things are have smoothed over things are fine um but it it definitely would have been a different movie but I would have loved to see it I would have loved to see that one I'm excited for the Margot Robbie one it's just so exciting okay next fact Barbie Land is inspired by Palm Springs but it was actually filmed at the Warner Brothers Studios in England so it was in England that was filmed Okay, this is another fun fact. So according to Ryan Gosling, he accepted the role of Ken after seeing his daughter's Ken doll laying face down in the mud with some like trash and like a lime wedge in the mud with him. And he took a picture of the, the Ken doll with his face down in the mud and he sent it to Greta Gerwig and he said, I shall be your Ken. His story must be told. <laughs> Isn't that funny and cute? Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with Ryan and Eva, his, his longtime partner. Oh, they're so cute. And they have this beautiful family. All right. Next up in fun facts, the font used in the film is based on the font that was used for the Barbie dolls back in 1975. So it was about 1975 to 1991. Um, the Barbie logo changes every now and then. And they just felt like the one from 1975 to 1991 was the best, girliest, most true, iconic brand. That's, that's actually when they were freaking huge. I'll get into like numbers later, but guys, Barbie is huge. It has a 98 to 99% recognition rate around the world. Isn't that insane? That is insane. That means almost everybody over the age of 11 knows what Barbie is. That is so crazy. That brand recognition is insane. Oh, can't get over it. Back to some more fun facts. Michael Sarah is in the movie. Do you guys remember Michael Sarah? I know him best from Arrested Development, where he plays George Michael. It's such a good, such a good sitcom. Oh my gosh, the humor is just top tier, um, except for the last two seasons. If you know, you know. Um, but anyway, Michael Sarah plays Alan, and Alan was introduced in 1964, and he is Ken's best friend. So Barbie was introduced in 1959, and so this is about five years later. His girlfriend turned wife, Midge, also appears in the film, played by Emerald Fennel, and both characters were married in 1990 with the Wedding Day Midge dolls. So we'll get into this, but... Alan and Midge played an important role in Barbie history. Okay, so remember that. We're going to get back to that. 
Okay, so Kate McKinnon, she plays a character in Barbie, and she is supposed to be a wise old sage who kind of helps Barbie on her journey, but she is supposed to be modeled after the doll that's like been through the ringer with kids, right? Like her hair is chopped and colored with marker and she's got marker on her face and she's like got nail polish on her and all that stuff because, you know, we we all had those Barbies. We all had those Barbies, right? That you just kind of trash. Speaking of Barbies. Oh my gosh, you guys. I, so I was a tomboy, right? I grew up a tomboy, but again, there was something about fashion and Barbies and like that fun, glittery, pink world that I was just obsessed with. Like I had my, I had my magazines, my fashion magazines and these Barbies. And growing up, I, I never had like the newest Barbies, but you guys, I had huge totes full of vintage Barbie things because I played with my mom's Barbies because I was the only girl on uh, my the cousins, my mom's side um, for many, many years. So I got so many hand-me-down Barbies and oh my gosh, like it's so fun. And when I think back, I'm like, oh, I played with vintage Barbie things. That's so fun. Like it's so cool. And I, and I just loved dressing them and just like getting them ready. And it was, there was something so like, I'm, I'm going to use the cliche and say empowering an adult about acting out, you know, having a boyfriend and like being on your own and having a house and come to find out that is exactly what the vision of Barbie was. Did anyone else do this? So I had a thing where I played with Barbies until like maybe age 10 and then I stopped playing with them. And then I had a, I, I, I had a rebound. I had a rebound where I played with Barbies again from like 12 to like 13 or 14, where I was like, oh, wait, I'm not done playing with Barbies. Anyway, that's kind of what I had. And then Bratz came into the scene. Oh, and that's part of the history. I'm so excited. Okay, let's just get into it, shall we? Like, we've had a good little chat about the movie. Is there anything else we need to talk about the movie? Mm, I think we're good. Does everybody know the kind of basis about what it's about? Should we go into it? Sure, let's go into it. So everything is perfect and perfect little Barbie world and she's perfect and everything is perfect. And then all of a sudden, things start happening to her. Like her feet start going flat and she feels a cold shower and things like that. And so she's starting to like maybe become real. That's my prediction. She like becomes real. She has to go to the real world and like figure out who she is and like stuff like that. I... I have an idea about the ending, but I have read lots of things that say, nope, you don't know. You don't know the ending. It's it's going to throw you for a loop. So I'm super excited. Uh, guys, I, I unfortunately, I think I accidentally built this up in my head a lot. And uh, I don't care. I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm going in with expectations ablazing and we'll see how it goes. So you guys, Barbie, Barbie? not only changed the course of, of girls' toys back in the, the 60s, but it also changed the course of what women imagined themselves to be in, in later years, starting in like the 80s. And it's so exciting. And, and you know, like everything, like everything right now, there's, there's a bit of a rocky history, right? A little rocky history. We've got some scandal in there and some lawsuits and everything. But 
honestly, like, like in the 80s when Jill and Judy, the dynamic duo who took over Barbie after the founder um, was forced to step down. I'll get into that in a minute. But oh my goodness, like you started seeing women in leadership roles. You started seeing women in science roles in, you know, all sorts of things that we didn't really think about or they didn't really think about, right? Um, In 1991, a Barbie was released as a presidential Barbie and she ran for president. And guess what? I have that Barbie. I have that Barbie from my dear sweet grandma um, who passed away. Um, She was a collector of Barbies and I I got that. I inherited it from her. So um, that's just very cool. That was just a very big piece of history when they were like oh a woman in 1992 running for president that's so scandalous anyway it's so exciting okay so let's get into a few things okay so there was a bunch of influence on pop culture she has a widespread recognition okay we talked about her 98 to 99 percent recognition rate the impact of her brand her ability to evolve with changing times like this doll has gone through six decades okay she just hit her 60 year anniversary in 2020 so 2020 that's when the movie was originally going to be released but we all know we all know what happened in 2020 and they redid a bunch of stuff anyway. So anyway, so so there's just like all of these things that happen, you know, we're empowering girls. Barbie has been associated with encouraging girls' imagination and creativity and as- aspirations just through through all sorts of things, through career-themed dolls and campaigns and, you know, celebrity partnerships, which we'll also talk about a little bit later. But Barbie was aiming to inspire girls to dream big and challenge stereotypes and pursue their goals. However, there was a little bit of um, backlash with that because for the most part, Barbie was blonde and had a perfect body. And I don't think that Ruth Handler, who uh, quote unquote, made the Barbie. Again, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But anyway, I don't think she understood or thought about consequences of making a Barbie like this. But I am so glad that in the 80s, they recognized this and they started making Barbies of different ethnicities and they started, you know, doing different things. The 80s were just chef's kiss, just perfect time for Barbie. This is when um, I alluded to them later. I, I love them so much. Like, I'm just bringing them up so much. But Judy um, and Jill. Jill was the, the new CEO. And Judy helped with, like, widespread marketing. And these two gals were just amazing. They were all about women empowerment. They were about inclusion. So they were doing all they could to, like, turn Barbie's brand into this powerhouse brand that would inspire girls. And in t- what 2016... That is when their fashionista Barbies came out. And those were like the ones with different height and different body types and disabilities and things like that. And so we're so glad that that we did that because it, it kind of gave the message that anyone can be a Barbie and you can do anything that Barbie can do. And I just love that. It's so exciting. Okay. All right. Shall we get in? 
two, Barbie, pop culture history. I'm so excited to tell you this timeline, you guys. I, I really, I really did some research for you and I'm so excited to share. So shall we just get into it? Let's do. Okay. Let's set the stage. Let's go back, back to 1916. Okay. Ruth Handler is born in Colorado and she meets her husband 16 years later. They get married a few years after that. And then they move to California and they start a business. The business is with a partner and Mattel is a mixture of the husband's name, Elliot Handler, and these, this other partner's first and last name. So Mattel. So originally Ruth Handel, well, Ruth Handler is not even in the name Mattel, which is interesting. What does this company do? You ask? Well, it's, it's not a toy company. It's a wooden frame company. Isn't that fascinating? So they started out as a wooden frame company and it was not doing well. Okay. And it was, it's such an interesting time because this is so complicated because Ruth Handler, she was a business shark. Okay. So she, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about her a lot. And the woman, the woman like knew how to get stuff done. Okay. So she would take the scraps of wood from the the wooden frame um, company and she would make toys and she would make dollhouses and she would make like all sorts of things. Oh, not dollhouses yet. Actually, I'm so sorry. Um, But she would make toys out of these scraps of wood. And guess what? The toy company that she was kind of starting on the side was doing way better than the wooden frame company. So Elliot and Ruth bought out this third part, this third party, and they started Mattel as a toy company in 1945. So in 1945, she was the business brains and he was the creative. She basically was just like, it's so interesting how she like puppeteers and manipulates all of these like men in her life. It's kind of it's fascinating, and, and I'll get into to why that's so fascinating here in a minute. But basically, they were they were they were killing it. They pioneered cap guns with the round cap, so they could shoot cap guns like a machine gun, and they were just taking off with these boy toys. And they made a lot of money off of boy toys. Okay, so they had all sorts of things for boys. They had things that made boys see themselves as anything. They had toys that made boys seem like they wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut or a policeman or a cowboy or like literally anything. They had so many toys for boys and they didn't have very much for girls at all. So Ruth was watching her daughter and she was watching her son. Her daughter's name is Barbara. Her son's name is Ken. Sound familiar? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so so she's watching the difference, and she sees her son who has all of these toys, and she sees her daughter who has basically two options for toys. The first is a baby doll that wets its diaper. Uh, I think the the, the campaign said uh, gives you the opportunity to practice changing diapers. Okay. So that's, that's the first toy that they have to play with. And the second is these paper dolls with little tabs where you would like, you know, make the paper doll and put on the little outfits and, um, 
that would be like your fashion toy. Okay. And, and again, like no hate on the baby dolls. Like those were great, but then you get to be like 11 and 12 and 13 and you're like, okay, now what do I do? I just have these little paper dolls. So anyway, Ruth Handler notices a big old gap in the marketplace. And she's like, we've got to make a fashion doll. We've got to do something like that. Fast forward a few years, they take a family vacation to Switzerland and Ruth and the family are walking down the street and they see a doll in a store window. That doll happened to be a call girl from a racy comic strip designed to, um, to, uh, entertain and, um, uh, be for the enjoyment of post-war German men. Okay. Her name is Lily. She's a prostitute and she like convinces men to do things anyway. So she's like, perfect. This is going to be great. And she goes in and she buys three dolls. Now the dolls are not meant for girls. Okay. They are meant for the entertainment of, of men. And so the anatomy of the dolls is uh, more correct. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to say nipple. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. But anyway, they had nipples. So they go home and Ruth is like, okay, we can't, we can't have this, this doll have nipples. And so she didn't know exactly how to manufacture the doll. So what she did is Ruth marched herself over to a rocket lab Okay, I don't really know what it's called, but she marches up to the head person in charge of research and development. His name is Jack Ryan. It's a funny name, right? Um, his name is Jack Ryan, and she convinces him to leave his rocket science job and come work at a toy company for less than half his current salary. And she like smooth talks him and says how good they're doing. And she offers him royalties of any toy that he creates, which in the end probably ends up being a great deal for him. Um, but anyway, so she just like, she just like goes and she's just such a good communicator and a little bit of a master manipulator here because she's basically like running the company, but her husband is like taking the credit because women didn't really do stuff like that back then. Anyway, she's just kind of amazing, honestly. Um, a white collar criminal, as we'll find out later, but, but amazing. Nevertheless, a business, a real business genius, sort of. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So let's get back to it. So she brings home these dolls. She gets this Jack Ryan guy. She says, make this doll sort of different, a little bit different. And Jack Ryan says, okay, I'll do the doll. And you know what he does? He copies it completely. Dude, dude has no imagination. He just literally copies the doll and down to the, uh, nipples on the, on the doll. So he, he gets their, uh, prototype and he's showing it to Ruth and she's like, Oh no, 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 they can't, they can't have, they can't have nipples. And so Jack Ryan files off the nipples and bada bing, bada boom. They've got their first Barbie, which, Oh my gosh, I have a funny story <laughs> that I need to interject here. So I was, I grew up pretty sheltered. Some of it was self-proclaimed, um, self-inflicted, uh, I guess. And some of it was just how I grew up. And I I did not understand nipples. Okay. So because my Barbies didn't, didn't have them, I thought that the, the, the marks on my chest would just like grow into a nice round boob. 
I didn't I didn't I didn't understand that the nipple stayed. Anyway, that's funny. Um <laughs> did anybody else think that? Am I just like so stupid? Anyway, okay. I was like eight. So Barbie was scandalous because of her nipples. So they got rid of the nipples. They're like, okay, this will work. Let's introduce her to the toy fair, which is like this huge fair that goes on every year in New York City where they um, get together as toy makers and then they like the the toy stores will buy your toy or not and then you can like be on the shelves officially okay so she goes to the toy fair and it flops it does horrible and the reason that it does horrible is because the sales guys um who are there who are looking for toys to buy for their stores are all men and they're thinking like i'm not taking this provocative lady i'm too embarrassed to even like talk about it and uh also moms hated them okay so they did a little bit of market testing and the moms were like i don't want this scandalous lady with boobs to come into my house with my my sons and my husband like they didn't want that in there and so they went back to the drawing board and what did Ruth do she hired the best market research person in the biz and meanwhile meanwhile while this is going on they sign with Disney and they own the rights to Disney's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And so they are starting to gain some traction and people are starting to trust them a little bit more because they have a huge brand. Now, in the 1960s, Mickey Mouse and everything wasn't as huge as it is now, but it was still pretty notable. And so people were like uh, coming to work at their company now because like, oh, they secured this huge thing. And it was just like, it was starting starting to buzz but people were still not excited about barbie so this is what she does she hires this fancy pants man to come in and find the target market and find how they can sell these dolls to consumers and this is what they find out okay so they found out that a mother wanted more than anything for her daughter to be well groomed and to look nice so that she could find a husband so that she would be taken care of and that she would eat and not like starve. And that's just how it was back then, right? Husbands were a meal ticket. And so they found this out at one of their like marketing research uh, days that they were going out and, and doing some field testing. One of the, one of the little girls in the room was like, Oh mom, she's so well groomed. And a light bulb went off in the daughter's, the the girl's mom, where she's like, oh my goodness, if my daughter has this doll that is well-groomed and has nice manners and is really proper, my daughter will have nice manners and be really proper and be able to get married and land a husband. So they leaned into it. They leaned into it. And that is how they found their way into the hearts of the people of America. But they still hadn't found their way into the hearts of the toy stores, okay? So they decided to go straight to consumer, which was really, really hard back then because there's no internet, right? So they can't do direct to consumer. They have to find a store that will host them, but that didn't work. So they started sending out catalogs and guess what? They marketed the Barbie doll as something to help train girls on how to be proper and pretty and prim to get husbands and it worked. 
it worked and they sold 300,000. So after their wild success by just doing direct to consumer in a time where direct to consumer was pretty, pretty tough. I've got to say like online makes it so much easier to just sell to your target market, right? But they did amazing and they finally convinced the toy stores that Barbie was going to work and that they had to carry it in stores. So now Barbie is hitting the ground running and they are making a killing on Barbie. It was said that the Barbie doll herself wasn't making that much of a profit margin, which basically means that they're not making that much money on the doll, but they were making a killing in the sale of her clothes and accessories. Back in the day, Ruth Handler, she was doing what she needed to do to get the Barbie on the shelves, right? And as an executive herself, she was an executive in a world where women were not executives. She was uh, recorded saying that she wasn't trying to change the world for women back at the time. She was trying to take it how it was and keep you know, social norms the same until she was able to convince them otherwise. And this is honestly a pretty smart go-to-market scheme um, because I don't think the world was ready for what was to come. And what was to come is amazing, okay? It's so, so great. Um, later, Ruth Handler it says... Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices and it's so exciting and we're going to get into that. Okay. So now we're around, uh, 1965. Okay. And in 1964, Mattel actually made it on the New York stock exchange, which is insane because they had been a business since 1945, but Barbie had only come out at 19. 59. And so this is four years later. Barbie is doing so well that they get to go on the New York Stock Exchange, which is insane. It is absolutely crazy. And so they're doing so well in this moment. Around this time, they had bought the rights to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is huge. Definitely huge now. Then it was it was pretty darn big, um, but not not as big as it is now. But they had the rights to that. So they played the first Barbie commercial actually on the Disney channel. So they got a lot of traction from that and it's just all like super exciting. Okay. So things are going on and then all of a sudden they start to get the Barbie is promiscuous and we don't want her in our homes kind of situation again. And sales start to plateau and this is not good, right? Because they just got on the New York Stock Exchange and they need to make lots of money, right? And so what happens is this is where like the fraud comes in, okay? She's like a white collar criminal, but I don't know. I don't know. I respect her. I respect the lady. So anyway, so this is what she does, okay? So at the time, they are making good money with Barbie, good money with Disney, and they bring out a new little thing called Hot Wheels. Okay. So they bring out Hot Wheels cars. And what this sly dog does is she fixes the books so that it looks like they've sold a hundred thousand 
Hot Wheels cars. Okay. And then she goes and she pays off the driver of the delivery truck of those little Hot Wheels cars to go dump it in an empty parking lot or a field or a dump. Like she, she did this several, several, several times in order to stack her books. She was like, oh, well, the inventory is not here. We sold, we sold that inventory. And then she would just fudge the numbers. And so she frauded investors. She straight up frauded investors because their books weren't looking as good as they should be. Well, that my dear sweet Ruth is illegal. And she got in trouble. Okay. She didn't have to go to prison, but they had to pay lots of fines to the SEC. And then also Ruth had to step down. Ruth and Elliot actually had to step down from their roles at Mattel, which was a huge deal. Okay. Because they were the, the starters of the company. It was like the scandal of the business world back then. Right. Cause they were, they were the original owners and founders of the company. So anyway, once they are asked to step down, we have, who I talked about a little bit earlier, the most amazing duo come onto the scene, okay? Jill was the CEO and Judy was one of the top executives. And those women were incredible for girls, okay? So it's just amazing. They are in, in the woods. They are like, you know what? We are bringing more ethnicities to Barbie. We are bringing more careers to Barbie. Like we are really going to turn this around. And slightly before this happened, there was a big moment in history that I think um, should be regarded because it's actually so empowering. So Lily, the first doll, remember the prostitute doll? So the first doll, her eyes were like kind of cast off to the side and that kind of signified like humility and meekness and like she wouldn't look you straight in the eye. And so around that time, right before this big change happened, Barbie would look you in the face and her eyes were straight and would look at the person playing with her. And that was like a huge deal in Barbie world. And it's so exciting and it's so amazing. Like they just took that big step and it doesn't seem huge, but it made the world of difference. Right before, actually, it was kind of during this big, huge mess with Ruth where she was being investigated by the SEC. Um, she actually got put on kind of a probation type thing. And the board members of Barbie were kind of more in charge of the develop development and research and production of Barbies. And at this time came one of many, <laughs> one of many scandals. And this was Skipper and her growing boobs. <laughs> okay. So you've got to think, okay. So right in about 1975 is when this happens. And there is a huge, uh, there's a huge focus on mechanical toys. Okay. So they've got all these mechanical toys out there and they're like, okay, well we can make Barbie mechanical as well. And so Skipper came out with a Barbie called growing up Skipper. And if you wound her arm, her boobs would grow. <laughs> and this, if you can imagine, did not go over well. It was, it was, it was actually really, really, really quite bad. And they had to 
like recall a couple of them and some of them, you know, would break easier. So even if the the person liked the doll, it would break. Um, but that was just like the, the, the time, right? They were fascinated with mechanical things. They were trying to make everything mechanical. I don't know if this is the direct reason, but there was lots of men on the board who like just wanted to stick with the trends and didn't really think about what was working for the doll space. But anyway, so that's one of another one of their funny scandals that they had. After the SEC thing, Ruth is asked, well, forced. She is unfortunately forced to quit and resign from her executive role as well as her husband because of the shady number thing that they did. Ruth, my girl, you can't do that. Anyway, so she steps down and who comes onto the scene? None other than the two ladies I was talking about earlier, Jill and Judy. Jill and Judy did so much for the image of Barbie and they also quadrupled sales in the time that they were running Barbie. They turned Barbie into this like pink fashionista thing that had all the careers you could ever think of. And in fact, I have, I have a list of just a few because she's had over 200, but I have a list of some of the careers that she had. So I'm going to read some off. Okay. So first off, she was in the United States military, including the army, Marine Corps, Navy and Air Force. She's been a detective, firefighter, lifeguard, park ranger, and police officer. She's been a boxer, cheerleader, bowler, figure skater, golfer, matador, swimmer, volleyball player, coach, scuba diver, skateboarder, soccer player, martial artist, and aerobics instructor. She also played in Major League Baseball, and she was in the New York Yankees, the Dodgers, the Chicago Cubs, and a WNBA player. She was in the Olympics, and she did karate, surfing, skateboarding, baseball, softball, and sports climbing. She was a carriage driver, flight attendant, pilot, train conductor, and travel agent, an astrophysicist, a polar marine biologist, a chemist, computer engineer, renewable energy engineer, zoologist, robotics engineer, and game developer. She also worked in McDonald's. I had that Barbie, the McDonald's Barbie, Pizza Hut, Seas Candy, scooped ice cream. She was a waitress. She manned a beach shack at the beach. She did. She was a biochemist, chef, veterinarian, artist. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. She was a paleontologist. She was a rescuer for marine wildlife. She was a rockette, a cabaret dancer, a showgirl, an interior designer, a game show host, a camera woman and film director, a magician, an usher, the dolphin trainer, and a construction worker, a dentist, eye doctor, nurse, pandemic, pediatrician. Back in the pandemic, she was a was like a COVID-19 doctor and a surgeon. And so she's been so many things. And I think that like, that's one of the most magical things about Barbie to me is like, not only did she show women in different fields, like she showed women in leadership, you know, that's wonderful and great. She also made all of these fields like equal and glamorized right? Because she was Barbie and she could do anything. And whatever she did was glamorous and awesome. And whether she was a surgeon or McDonald's worker or worked at a snow cone shack, like it was Barbie and it was amazing. And I think that is so incredible that we gave that message to young girls and and young kids who played with Barbies is that you could be anything. And if you were passionate about it and good at it, you could conquer the freaking world. And I love that about Barbie. I'm so glad that Barbie gave that to us. 
And honestly, it's just such a cool thing. Oh, love that. Okay, sorry, back to the history. I got a little bit excited. So, okay, back to the history. So, Jill and Judy are unleashing this new era of Barbie, okay? And it's doing amazing. Their sales are rocketing. They are just absolutely doing incredible things. And they have they have knockoffs that try to come up and, and compete with them, but Barbie would squash them like a bug. And how did they squash them like a bug? Well, another little scandal here. Barbie had and did straight up corporate espionage. Okay. They freaking had spies. So here's, here's just one story that I learned about. Okay. So Judy, Miss Judy, one of the most powerhouse women at Barbie, she planted a spy at this other doll company. Okay. And she planted him as a salesperson for this other doll company. And the salesperson found out that the other company was going to come out with a rock star. Okay. So this is around the the late 80s. And that was the, like, that was the dream of little girls, right? To be a rock star right now. And they had like colorful hair and fun outfits and guitars. And like, it was so cool. So this was going to be pretty detrimental to Barbie. And so do you know what Barbie did? Jill and Judy, those dogs, they said, "Mm -mm, we are beating them to market. And they ended up beating them to market and they smashed them and just completely obliterated the other company. And they usually, and usually a Barbie takes about 18 months to create from like concept to on the shelf. And they did it in four month those rascals they really did it and it completely obliterated the the competition like i said it's just it's so crazy that they did that <laughs> but anyway that is not the end of their competition but we'll talk about that in a little bit we're getting into the 90s now and i have to tell you about a little thing that you know a lot about and that is Barbie Girl by Aqua. Okay. So in 1997, a band called Aqua took Barbie and they made the song Barbie Girl. And honestly, I loved that song when I was a kid. I remember jumping on the tramp with my friends and singing, I want candy and Barbie Girl and just having like the time of my life. Like that's like so fun. Didn't realize how sexual it was, but that is the exact reason why Mattel sued Aqua. Okay. So remember about a year and a half, maybe even two years ago when there was like, it was going around the internet that the new Barbie movie would not have Barbie girl by Aqua in it. Well, ladies, this is why it's why, because Mattel sued Aqua for doing that for copyright infringement and for showcasing Barbie in a sexual light Remember, Barbie started as a prostitute doll and they worked really hard to get rid of that image. And so I can imagine that it wasn't the best thing. Plus in 1975 with the whole, you know, skippers growing boobs thing, like they they really wanted to have a squeaky clean Barbie image and they did not like that Aqua had shown them in that light. So they sued. It didn't really come to anything because then aqua sued back for defamation and these just 
crazy lawsuits were going out and the most iconic thing in the history of court happened when the judge this is the judge's ruling okay the judge's ruling is both parties are advised to chill isn't that the best i've oh my gosh i just want to like slow clap that judge that is just so iconic i absolutely love that so anyway both of the uh cases were kind of thrown out and it wasn't didn't really make anything of it okay so that was 1997 unfortunately judy and jill retire because it's their time to go and there's new ceos and new new executives and in 2001 brats come on the scene do you guys remember brats dolls here we go this is the biggest competitor that barbie has ever had and it is disastrous for barbie Okay, so let's let's talk about comparisons. Okay, first, Bratz dolls were a little bit different, right? They had bigger heads. They had provocative clothing. They were like known as like the older girl doll. And now Barbie was like the younger girl doll. It's like, oh, well, Barbie is for little girls and Bratz are from, for the teenagers. Also, they had different ethnicities right off the bat. So other girls could see themselves in a Bratz doll. You want to know the biggest the biggest scandal though? Bratz was developed by a previous Barbie employee. And so there was a lot of lawsuits back and forth because eh, you could argue that that was a little bit sketchy. Um you know, we have we have cookie wars here in in 2020s but back in the early 2000s it was doll wars because this lawsuit went on for years and years and years it started right when brats hit the scene and ended honestly in 2013 and 14 so just barely well i guess that's like 10 years ago <laughs> but in my mind that feels like just barely anyway so it's just all these crazy things going on and Bratz takes over about 40% of the market share, okay? So just to give you perspective, so Barbie is everywhere, okay? Barbie is everywhere, taking over everything. They have 90% of the market share on fashion dolls, okay? That is that is a monopoly, okay? They've got it. They've got it made. And Bratz comes in and takes 40%. That's pretty, pretty dang crazy. So they they were upset, obviously, and sales were tanking and it wasn't doing very well. They were getting a lot of backlash again on Barbie's body. And so in 2009, the Fashionista line came out and it included Barbie dolls with diverse body types, skin tones, different hairstyles, and it kind of reflected a more inclusive and realistic representation of Barbie and of beauty. And honestly, it was needed. It was needed. So I'm kind of glad that Bratz kind of forced them to do it. It seemed like it took them quite a long time since Bratz came out in 2001 and this wasn't until 2009. But anyway, if you think about it, if one Barbie takes 18 months and they made like several Barbies, it probably did take a while. I just am so grateful and excited about Barbie because, and, and this Barbie movie, because if you think about it, like, like we talked about this earlier, but not only did it show things in a positive light for for women to do different things but it also showed women that they could be a marine biologist and pretty and they could be a rocket scientist 
and like the color pink. And I think that's so important for us to know that we don't have to be one-sided and we can be taken seriously even if we like the color pink and if we say like a lot and when whatever. And I honestly think that the Barbie movie has the potential to be the next or similar tier as Legally Blonde. Like, remember how much Legally Blonde meant to us as a generation of young girls? Like, a lawyer who likes pink, who is pretty and smart, and and it's not all about her getting the guy. Like, that that moved us and changed us and is still, like, pivotal to my growth as a woman to this day. And I think that this Barbie movie has the opportunity to be that for this generation. And I'm just so excited to see it. And I'm so excited to see it with you. Remember, Tuesday the 25th, we are going. We're going to a movie theater in Pleasant Grove. Message me for the details. It's going to be, like, six bucks a ticket. I, I was able to make it really, really cheap for everybody. And I'm just so excited to see you, and I, ho- I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot, and I hope you share it. I hope you share it with your friends and family, and oh, I'm just so excited for this Barbie movie. Let's go. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have the best week. Don't forget to decide you're hot and have a wonderful night, day, morning, whenever you're listening to this, and I'll catch you next week. Bye, mamas. Oh, 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 oh,